man. You are one pathetic loser. No offense. No, none taken. That is right, none taken. Uh, I am Movie Moron. This is the Movie Moron Podcast. I'm your host, Easton Moore. Kristen, and he's the Movie Moron. Yep. This is the Movie Moron Podcast. <coughs> You're right. Um, please forgive Trevor. He's a few drinks in and please having a good time. Me. I am having a good time. I'm having a great time, Easton. I'm glad to be here. And it's it's been a minute. So, uh, like I said, our Trevor is here, our practical co-host. That's me. Um, who is holding up our handsome Squidward. Oh, yeah. Um, it's all coming together. And then uh, with us, as always, is our all-time guest, Tristan. Hi. Um, so I we should uh, give some clarity. The reason why the episodes have been sporadic over the last month <gasps> is Tristan and I have been on uh, weekend vacation after weekend vacation after issue after issue. We just had a busy <laughs> last month, and so that's why episodes yeah. have been pretty much every other week for the last month. Um but, uh, yeah, like, I didn't even get a chance to see The Flash. Neither did Tristan. Trevor did. He was able to fit it in. But we you know what? Not. It's okay that you didn't see it. <laughs> it's, it really is. You didn't have to watch it. You don't need to watch it. Yeah. Uh, we were going to watch it when we came back from vacation on Wednesday. Uh, but we were both burnt to a crisp and did not want to go step outside. Um, Correct. Yeah. Correct. Or sit in leather seats or <sighs> do anything. Yeah. Um, I put a shirt on for that matter. Yeah. Yes, I didn't put a shirt on <laughs> until Saturday. Um, and so, yeah, that's why we've been a little sporadic for the last month. But we don't have anything until August. So we'll probably take a break in August. But that's that about in it. August. That's when we go to our honeymoon. <gasps> Finally. Oh, Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Jamaica me crazy. Yeah. I don't think we'll do any. They don't have movie theaters on a resort. So. <laughs> oh, that'd be dope if they did. Yeah. But I don't think so. Super okay. dope. But um, this week, I almost said we're doing No Hard Feelings, but we are not. We are doing uh, Wes you, Anderson's... You guys can talk about No Hard Feelings if you'd like. Yeah, we might for a second. But the movie we are doing is Asteroid City, the new Wes Anderson movie. Um, we are all big Wes Anderson fans. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Tristan likes one movie. Which one? I don't know. I don't know either. French Dispatch? Or I fell asleep. Moonrise oh. Kingdom? Don't remember it. <laughs> Never mind. And Good Best Hotel? <laughs> Trevor and I are yeah. big fans yeah. of uh, Wes Anderson. And you're forgetting someone. And Handsome Squidward hasn't watched any of them because <gasps> he lives under the sea and they don't get movies. Well, get him yet. out of here then. We don't have time for him. Okay. He's not watching movies. Leave, Handsome Squidward. Leave. I brought him. <laughs> okay, uh, but we're going to talk about this movie. So uh, if you haven't seen it, we're going to talk spoiler-free so we don't spoil anything for you. Um, we all watched it together, and I found out these two had no idea what was happening throughout the story because things happened, and they were like, <gasps> and I'm like, this was all in the trailer, dudes. You should know that this Dude. is what the movie is about. But guess did who not. didn't watch the trailer? Them two. Yeah. I was the only one, apparently. So, um, yeah, general thoughts. Uh, Trevor, what did you think about Asteroid City? Overall, I did enjoy it. Um, We're serious now. Yeah, for the first, like, 75% of the movie, I felt like it was Wes Anderson doing his own Wes Anderson, Wes Anderson trend on TikTok. 
the Wes Anderson aesthetic. Well, he's, happening. he's already pointed out and stated that he is not a fan of the Wes Anderson. TikTok really? Trend. Well, it feels like that's what he's doing in this movie for uh, at least the first half or like three quarters of it, in my opinion. Um, but other than, other than that, I think it's pretty the typical Wes Anderson style, which I'm a fan of. I feel like he... Oh, I didn't know that Brian Cranston was going to be in this. I thought that was a nice surprise. Who's that? Uh, he was the narrator oh. for the like extra fourth dimension break. The guy from stuff. YM. Yeah, yes. and then all the other typical Wes Anderson actors and actresses. There's a few extras. Scarlett Johansson. I don't think it's typically in this stuff. That's what I was She's saying. in There's this one. Extra. That girl from Stranger Things. Tom Hanks. Yeah. Maya Hawk. Yeah, Tom Hanks is also in it. And Maya Hawk did great too. I thought yeah. so. I think all the newcomers that have not been in his typical roster did a really good job. And roster. the person who's always in his roster wasn't in this. Which one? Bill Murray. Yeah. Oh, that's true. I yeah. noticed that. I was, ex- I was expecting at least a cameo, and it never happens. So. You know what? I wonder if maybe there's some something where maybe he was supposed to play Tom Hanks' role, and maybe he stepped away or something like that. I could see Bill Murray filling that slot. Yeah. But anyway... No, uh, th- uh, there is one part Michael, of this I find Michael Scott, whoever, whatever. His oh name. yeah, Steve, oh, yeah. Carell. Steve Carell. He did a great job too. And I he's thought... usually not in his movies either. So. Yeah, yeah. He really went outside of his normal bubble of actors. Yeah, I mean, he still had them. Let's yeah. not like Ray Fiennes wasn't in it. Yeah, um, but yeah, no. I, I mean, the ca- I thought the cast did a really splendid job fitting into his his aesthetic. Yeah, his aesthetic and his dialogue and his writing. Um, there is one. Oh, and Jeff Goldblum is in this, albeit briefly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is one be. scene I found really out of place, but I I haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox in a while, so maybe it's not as out of place as out of place as I think it is. I have never seen that. So, um, only because I'm not a stop motion animation fan. Yeah, and I I saw it when I was like a kid, like when yeah. it came out in 2000. Is Isle of Dogs 10. Wes Anderson? It is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Isle of Dogs and Fantastic Mr. Beast are the two that I haven't seen. Okay. Or not fan. Fantastic Fox. Yeah. Uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox. Mr. Fox. Only because I'm not a, like, stop motion animation just usually gets to me, especially over a feature film. And you've said it, it like, makes you sick almost, it, right? It, yes. Yeah, it, like the, it, the nauseous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but that's usually claymation. Sure. Not necessarily. The claymation is the one that really gets to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Just always has <laughs> since I was a kid. It always made me uneasy. Yeah. Um. So that's why I haven't watched them. Not because I think they may be stupid or something. It's just, right. You don't want to get sick. <laughs> I just tend to always just stay away from stop motion animation because sure. it's it's sure. always. I think like the one. No Wallace and Gromit for you. No Wallace or Gromit <laughs> at all. I have seen one of them maybe and. It was one that made me nauseous. Chicken Run. Chicken Run, yes. Yeah, yeah. Chicken Run made me nauseous. We used to watch sure. it all the time. <laughs> uh, so, so overall, I really did enjoy this uh, pretty immensely, actually. Um, I will say my two biggest gripes about it are, I think the story struggles to find itself between... It has the Midsummer's Night's Dream thing of like a play within a play and like... It's a play within a, a it's a play within a play within a movie, and I think it struggles to find itself within that. That's I think, my first biggest gripe. I just always find a problem with that 
in general. It's really hard to pull off successfully, I think. Yeah, and I think this movie did maybe as well as you close. could do it. Yeah. But it just feels like, what's the point? Right. I don't understand. And they try to, like, put one of the characters in your shoes, like, as the audience. and I, But I still don't think that that necessarily landed. Yeah. It's just the movie felt so much better when you were just in asteroid city. Yeah. So it just was why, why are we trying to do this extra bit? Mm-hmm. Um, when it's not like, it's not entertaining. You're, you're, I mean, you, you don't, you never feel the reason of why it's there. Right. It's just there to take, and then it takes you out of the moment of Asteroid City, yeah. and then you're there for like five minutes, and then you get put back into it, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. right. I like this again. Yeah. And then you get pulled out of it again. Right. And it just feels unnecessary. Yeah, I agree. And then my other big gripe about this was, um, in his previous works, I mean, the two that I really enjoy, Budapest Hotel and then uh, French Dispatch, the, the humor is situational, with a one-line delivery, and that's the quote-unquote joke. Um, for instance, when when the police come to the Grand Budapest Hotel to accuse Ray Fiennes of murdering Tilda Swinton's character, they show up, and he says, you, you found the Grand Duchess to be dead, and you think I did it. And then he runs, and the police chase after him, and that's, that's a funny situation. It's a funny moment. But it's like he was worried we weren't going to get the funny bits. And because he was worried we weren't going to get the funny bits, I found myself laughing, like belly laughing, several times throughout this movie during a line, only to find that the punchline was delivered while I was laughing, and then I would miss it. And so that was another thing. I think that his humor, like he wasn't sure the audience was going to get it. And so he, he added a punchline to whatever his joke was. So I, I don't know, but those those are my overall. I really did enjoy this. Those are my two biggest gripes. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I didn't understand any of it, and I don't really get it, and I'm just so confused. Yep. Great. Did you enjoy any of the actors and actresses? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Here's well, the thing. I think that the I think the style is really funny and I like it and I could see myself laughing at it if I understood anything that was going on ever. Was it was it the fourth wall break stuff that really broke it for you? Like ruined it? Yeah. That made it that much harder to understand. Um Cause it was yeah, about every, sometimes. Because it felt like about every ten minutes you were cutting to Yeah. And the play stuff really confused me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's the fourth wall stuff. Yeah, that stuff and... Because you're seeing a movie version of a play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did he's, not like that. Yeah, because he's writing and directing a play. And even and then, it presents itself as a play entirely mm-hmm. without... But the the breaks in between it like don't allow for a play... It, yeah, it, like like we said earlier, it's it's a really thin and narrow path to tread. Yeah, and it's blocked really well. Like, 
um, when it does the play stuff, like it, the the stuff that's supposed to be um, the person writing the play mm-hmm. or the background crew or whatever. Ed Norton's character. Yeah. All of that is blocked really well to look like a play, mm-hmm. and then it moves to a movie. Yeah, the so, Asteroid City stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it's. It, I think it's kind of ironic, and maybe that's the bit, is that um, the black and white playwriting stuff looks like a play, mm-hmm. and then when they are doing the play, it looks like a movie. We should probably yeah. also preface this whole thing with this movie is incredibly existential. It's very what is the meaning of life? Yeah. But as always, it's also just about kids trying to figure out their feelings and how to process them. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of teenage stuff. Yes. Uh, it's all based around a science camp. Mm-hmm. That's junior space gazers or mm-hmm. stargazers, whatever they're. <laughs> um, and they play a heavy part of it. They're, they're at least a fourth of the screen time and the, um, but then you do have the, the adult stuff that's more existential and trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what their place in life is. There were a lot of characters. Yeah, there were, but I I liked all of them. Yeah. Yeah. There wasn't anybody that I didn't like. I don't think. And also I really liked the colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like he uses those in all of his movies. Of asteroid city. You mean like the bright, the bright, yes. like yellows and reds kind of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. just had a good color color palette. Yeah, of, of Arizona blue or Arizona <laughs> blue, Arizona yeah. red and orange, and then also an accent of of blue during yeah. a lot of mm-hmm. it as well. So yeah, yeah, I liked that. Yeah, no, Wes Anderson's definitely in his bag of Wes Anderson style. He knows how to play colors well. Mm-hmm. He knows how to fill the screen with enough information to make you interested. Um, he's like the king of blocking when it comes to to shooting. Oh yeah. Um, he spends his time with the shots when he wants to, um, whether it is progressing the story or not, it's just to be aesthetically pleasing. And I think he just likes it. Mm -hmm. Um, and he does all that very well. Yeah. I I mean, this is, I, I, I really don't know what the, overall point of this movie was because it does seem like this movie's getting a lot of mixed reviews because it seems like it's because it is the most Wes Anderson of the Wes Anderson movies. I actually think maybe if the French dispatch is a little bit more I of a, of a Wes Anderson, aesthetic. just, just, well, just him fully going off in the deep of just, I'm yeah. going to do my thing and have the weirdness and the, and the comedy, but then the, the shot and the, like, he's just a very dry humor kind of person. Well, and kind of dry blocking. Like we've talked about the blocking uh, quite a bit in terms of the, the symmetry thing with, with Wes Anderson. Well, not even with that. I mean, like that's an actual thing, you know, there's a moment where there he's introduced, Brian Cranston is introducing all the players quote unquote in the show. And they're all very aesthetically placed, aesthetically pleasing. And when he mentions their name, their eyes like glance up in a very aesthetic way. Yeah. Um, I I agree with you. I think I I think that Wes Anderson currently maybe is kind of struggling from the Michael Jackson problem, which is where like Michael Jackson after like thriller with kids. Oh my goodness, I was going to say oh. once he. <laughs> Once Thriller came out, which is one of the highest grossing albums of all time, 
he spent the rest of his career trying to top Thriller. Yeah. Well, Grand Budapest Hotel has come out, and it's it was Oscar, an Oscar Best Picture winner. Mm. You know, it was highly praised. And since then, you know, we've gotten, like, things like French Dispatch. We've gotten things now like Asteroid City. I'm curious. Are those the only movies after? No, he's done a couple more. I just can't. Those are the only ones I, I'm aware of. But okay. I'm curious if he is trying to chase the success of Grand Budapest Hotel and leaning into the things that he thought people enjoyed with well, these last two movies. I don't know. Like the thing that makes Grand Budapest Hotel so good is, I mean, obviously the coloring, the acting and the blocking, all that Western Anderson style is great in that, yeah. but it's that he has a very unique and interesting story. Yes. Um, I do think every, the, the, Two movies you listed after that, mm-hmm. French Dispatch and Asteroid City, I think have unique, fun, and interesting stories. They just don't seem to have popped off in the way that the Grand Budapest Hotel has. Sure. Because I have, I had the French Dispatch at like a 4.5 on uh-huh. Letterboxd. I thought oh, the, I, I think I have it as a 5, yeah. <laughs> um, I really like, now that was more of a scatterbrain story. There's a lot of stuff happening and a lot of it doesn't even look real, but I thought there were really cool, interesting stories within a story. Right. Um, and and maybe he just likes that dualistic, double, triple meaning films, and that's what he's digging into. Mm-hmm. Because The French Dispatch was a movie about a... Several stories. Well, it was about a newspaper, newspaper company, yeah, and yeah. then they were telling the stories of the newspaper articles mm-hmm. through the movie. Yes. And this movie is about a screenwriter or a play director. Mm-hmm. I think he's not even really the director, but... There's a playwright but, and the director. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's them... It's, it's a movie, like it's... The movie is showing that story, mm-hmm. but it's also like, yeah. So uh, maybe he just, maybe he's just kind of in that thing. And that's not what Grand Budapest Hotel was at all. Right. Real quick. Sorry. I was, while you were talking, I was yeah. looking up. Um, the movies we've gotten since Grand Budapest are, uh, are only Isle of Dogs and French Dispatch and now Asteroid City. Well, those are the wait, only ones we've gotten since then. Wasn't it Isle of Dogs? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isle of Dogs also got, uh, I think, not Oscar nominated. Yeah, good. good. Um, it 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 got a ton of praise, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was still working at Trapos when that movie came out, and I was mm-hmm. really wanting to watch it, but it just the the stop motion just stopped me from watching it. And honestly, but, it, same, but I'll eventually I, it, watch it. It didn't look super appealing to look at to me. Uh, it's also I don't think it's supposed to. Oh, interesting. I guess that means I need to give it a watch. Like, well, the whole entire, I, as far as I remember, the whole premise of the movie is a like trash planet and these dogs get like thrown away. It's a trash Island. Yeah. Yeah. But these dogs are all have, are all on this Island together because they just get thrown away. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it's like, it's like Wally. It's not very aesthetically pleasing. I don't know if trash, right. Big and large or by by and large, whatever it is. I live in the trash. I'm the trash (laughs) man. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen Wes Anderson, like any behind the scenes stuff with him, but I, I encourage you to look and listeners too. I encourage you to look it up. Um, Wes Anderson, when you see him doing behind the scenes work, he talks, looks and moves like his movies. Yeah. Everything is very like calculated. 
uh, the way he talks is very like the way he writes his writes his scripts. Um, it's it's an interesting thing to see. So if you're looking for kind of a laugh, maybe I'll he's check just it out. living his own life, and we're just watching his stuff. We're all a part of the life Aquarius, <laughs> which is another one of his movies. <laughs> I'm aware, but <laughs> I didn't. That's why I said it. Oh, I started watching it. It was not. It's definitely different, and it's it's early Wes Anderson. It's before he kind of found his voice, I think. Yeah. Well, the first movie I watched of Wes Anderson was Moonrise Kingdom. I had no idea it was Wes Anderson. I just watched it on, like, AMC sure. in high school. Yeah. It was great. I loved it. Good. Not AMC, the movie. Theater. It's still on my watch list. I haven't seen Moonrise Kingdom mm. yet. It's really good. Good. I like it a lot. I look forward to it. Matrix and watch it. I've enjoyed his stuff so far, so I'm excited. Okay. Okay. Um, any extra thoughts for the general thoughts? Not that I can think of. Okay. Well, I never stated whether or not I did like it or not. <laughs> I do. Yeah. I, I found this very entertaining. I think the the one gripe, which seems to be a lot of people's gripe, is the fact that it's going in and out of this playset versus movie thing. And it just doesn't, it just doesn't translate well. It And it, I think it is just a problem of it's a very hard thing to do. And I think he did it really well with the French Dispatch um, in that style, but it just didn't work as well mm-hmm. in this. Um, and it's not like a detriment. This makes it a bad movie. It just, it just kind of stinks because it it, it would have been better if we just had it from start to finish. We're just watching the fr- or the first. We're just watching Ashford City. We're just watching this movie. Whether you f- say it's a play or whatever. Even if you just introduce it as a play and then you just play it out, like it still would have been fine. That also would have made sense with how some of the things were acted, knowing that it was a a play that we're like seeing through in a movie or something. Mm-hmm. But the fact that it kept on taking you in and out of these this the story within a story just didn't quite work. And I'm not really a fan. There is so he because we've talked about how it's a play within a movie. Um, it's a movie within a play. Sorry. <laughs> um, we No, it's a play within a movie. It's a play within a movie within a play. Whatever. We, we get these captions of act one, scene one through three, act one, scenes four through seven, Yeah, which is interesting if you're keeping track of that, but I really felt that bogged down the pace. Yeah. Like, I felt like I had been watching it for so long already, and we still were in Act One scenes like thirteen through eighteen. Well, the first like act also just is a much is longer a long one. Yeah, yeah. That's, and that's kind of what I figured. The third act was like felt like fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah, and I think the second act's fairly. I think it get, they get shorter as yeah. they go. But anyway, that yeah, that was since you mentioned that, I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Okay. Recommendation. Yes. Uh, no. <laughs> Um, no, I still think it's a yes. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's still a yes. I think there are definitely going to be people that aren't as on it as others. Um, but I was laughing during several parts throughout the movie. It's, it's very, it is very funny in its awkwardness. It's very awkward humor. Um, and I think it plays into that very well. Um, I know you said that you feel like it's too on the nose. I feel like, like with the jokes, 
Like oh, it yeah, has to yeah. have the punchline. Yeah. Um, I thought all of it was great. I was laughing when the theater was not, and I was laughing when the theater was laughing. Like, uh, I just thought it was a very natural, dry humor movie. And there were only us, one co- or one dude in yeah. front of us, and then two old people two guys behind, behind us. us. Yeah, uh, who also said they enjoyed it. I talked to them a oh, little bit yeah. afterward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the one guy below us walked out after. Um, I, and that made me think that act. he had maybe seen it before because there were only oh. a few minutes left when he walked there out. Were, it was another like 15-ish minute. Oh, I didn't think so, but oh well. I thought it was almost done, and I mm. thought he was like, yeah. But no, there ended up being a a decent amount left to it. But anyways, I, I did find the movie, extra, it, like I did find it really funny. Um, me too. Yep. You do get to see um, Scarlett Johansson's uh, you get full nude in this movie. Forewarning. Yep. Whether I that makes you go or not go. It's a little fuzzy, though, I think, right? It's not like a full, like, frontal. No, it's a full frontal. Oh, but it's in the mirror. Yeah, it's that's what it yes. is. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. So, you uh, don't see her head. Warning, go again. <laughs> and it could also be a double. Right. I'm Anytime we don't see. Is. Say again. Well, she's, she's, sure it is. she's yeah. gone. Nude before in the movies, yeah, so. but it's through a mirror, and they purposefully yeah. aren't showing her head. Yeah. yeah, and they and they talk about nude doubles yeah. in the movie. By the way, if you hear random fireworks going off <laughs> during this audio, it is, it June is close to Fourth of July. Yeah. July second, <laughs> not June second. Um, but yeah, um, man, I'm I'm ready to crack into some spoilers. If you guys are crack that egg right open on this head, okay. Well, we'll. Uh, we'll take a short little break here. Um, you can pause it if you have not seen the movie um, and then come back for a spoiler part of the review or you can just keep listening if you don't care about getting things spoiled. So um, here is our short little ad. And we're back. We're back. After that short little break. We need some like fun Wes Anderson movie to let people know that we're back. You. You need a short little Wes Anderson movie to know that we're back. I thought I said music. Did I not say music? You for sure said movie. Yeah. (laughs) I meant we need some fun little Wes Anderson music to like. We're going to get canceled if we do that. That's true. It would get demonetized, so I wouldn't make three cents off this video. Easton needs to be like, we're back. And then like a. Kind of thing. I also don't have a mouse because it died. (gasps) No. So. That's we're free balling. <laughs> Are we? <laughs> yep. Um, <laughs> I had no idea the aliens were going to come in this. That's movie. so funny. I, that's literally like I had no oh, clue. <laughs> that's a staple of the trailer. Well, and which I hadn't seen. I'd only seen the poster. Yeah. Um, the whole thing about the 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 draw of this movie was that these people are coming to the space camp, and then a alien just. Comes to this random ass city. Yeah. And just picks up an asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> and poses for the camera. He does. Yeah. yeah that was, I that actually, was cute. Yeah, I like that. And I actually thought the whole entire alien stuff, when I first saw it, it looks so bad. Mm-hmm. It does look really bad. Um, and I thought like at first I was like, I kind of don't like this. Yeah. But then, I mean, one, it is supposed to be a play with like, it's yeah. supposed to be a movie version of a play. So like, Maybe they're playing into that. But also, I don't think it's fully that because 
Jeff Goldblum is in the suit He's later, the costume, and he doesn't yeah. look anything like the alien that no. we see. So I kind of find it. This could just be my brain making it work, but I kind of find it as we have absolutely no idea what an alien life form could or could not look like. Mm-hmm. They could literally look like a GI Joe. Like you just <laughs> the, like yeah. like because the alien kind of looked like it had joints and like silver finger like well two clawed toes yeah yeah Yeah. like it could literally be like it doesn't have to uh, obey our rules of organic life form this is from a different planet or universe or galaxy like who who knows so like i thought that was kind of interesting i don't know if that's what they were going for but that's how I received it and i thought that was kind of cool how it's like i mean every alien life form throughout like movie history has always been, you know, either a slimy or mm-hmm. you know, lanky humanoid or just looking in thing. some kind of robot construction. Yeah, yeah. And this was like a, I mean, I took it as in like it almost looked like a doll figure, mm-hmm. um, creature thing. It's like tall, lanky. Yeah, Jeff Goldblumy. <laughs> not Jeff Goldblumy at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually thought they played that very well. Thought the saucer thing was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought everyone's reaction to it was really cool. I love the uh, teenagers reaction to it to tell the world. Yeah. Right. We have to get Um, this information out. Yeah. We have to get the information out and how the brainiacs were able to get it out, which made sense. And uh, yeah. Anti-government protocol. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, and with your discussion on the alien and the way it looked and kind of your explanation just now about how we don't know what an alien looks like, I think that does a good job, even in the movie, prompting everybody's variation on how they are experiencing the alien. Like... um uh, Woodrow's char- Woodrow's father's character goes into this like existential spiral, you know, where he like burns his hand on a toaster. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like you said, the teenagers, one of uh, the I think the I don't remember his name, the one, one with the glasses. He's like the newspaper guy. I have to get this information out. Like he's kind of he seems to be spearheading that. Whereas Woodrow's character. You know, earlier he says he's Episcopalian, but then upon seeing the alien, he declares at the end, he says, I don't believe in God or like yeah. there's no God or something. <laughs> um, Speaking of Woodrow, though, what did you guys think of the three little girls? <laughs> I thought they were funny. Yeah, they, they were, were funny. funny. Yeah, I, I agree. I think because they were young actresses it was probably a little harder to get them to fit into the aesthetic that Wes Anderson was going for. The line delivery was great, but like they didn't feel like they fit all the time. I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, whereas everybody else, you know, is very, by the way, this is the most, they just had more movement. Yeah. I think is it. I most, agree. Most Wes Anderson characters have very little movement on screen and if it is there is movement it's, it's very, very calculated yeah. and it's yeah yeah it has purpose yes whereas they were like kids a little more free form yeah yeah no i, I like that a lot i i like that a lot 
Uh, and the way Tom Hanks' character interacted with them, I thought was very nice. Any of the dialogue, um, I thought was very good. Uh, I was going to bring my pipe on for this podcast, and yeah. I was going to have it and like keep like tamping it down. Um, I appreciated his uh, his uh, minutia of, of course he did. having the tamp to get his his tobacco to stay packed and lit. That was nice. But I think that because oh, I guess maybe they had like plastic in the fifties, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. So he might he probably would have had a plastic stem. But yeah, no. I liked this character a lot. I liked Woodrow's father's character. No, I, I, I think we both said we like. Pretty much all the characters. They were all yeah. <coughs> uh, all very uh, unique, individual. I had, liked the little, little romance with Montana and the Woodrow. girl. Oh, yeah. Oh. Am I a gross, or yeah. Grossman? Oh, oh, oh. My yes. Hawks character. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was very... It, Subtle. Yeah, and it didn't like lead to like this ultimate romance. It was just like, oh, they're farting a little. He, yeah. He maybe has the hots for her. Yeah. It was yeah. cute. And yeah. I thought, what was the kid's name? Dylan? The kid that always led yeah. the prayer. No, the kid that kept oh, on running Dwight. away. Yeah. Dwight. Dwight. Okay. Kid. <laughs> yeah. His uh, he he his was little fun. song. Yeah. Yeah, and he had he walked around with two play pistols as like a cowboy, <laughs> and then was drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette with yeah. the cowboys. I don't know. Like, there's just a lot of small stuff throughout it that makes it very comical. That yeah. uh, I wasn't laughing out loud, but I was like, that's a really like that's just that's funny. Clever. Yes, yeah. is clever. Like the, but she nailed she nailed Wes Anderson's aesthetic. My my hawk. Yeah, yeah. She like she nailed it. I think she was. I think the, our main character Woodrow's father mm-hmm. and her were the two that nailed the the stillness with the um with the line delivery and everything just perfectly for for his style and i i don't know but i was not a huge brian creston or nolan uh not nolan um uh edward norton oh yeah yeah. and it may have just been because of the fourth wall stuff but i just never found them all that I think mine you know upon a second viewing i would probably be inclined to agree with you i thought you were saying (laughs) You'd no, already no, seen no. It no I was okay. gonna say if I if I watched it again, I think I would be inclined to agree, inclined to agree with you. I was more shocked because I liked Brian Cranston. I mean, I'm a big Breaking Bad fan, so like I like Brian Cranston. Yeah, well, I'm and, a big Malcolm in the Middle fan. So. Yeah, and so like seeing him was more of a pleasant surprise. There is one moment, speaking of the humor, that I was like, that didn't need to be in. Where he legitimately movie. broke the fourth what, wall. Yes, when he steps into the scene and he's like, oh, is this is not it, me? Is it not me yet? Yeah. yeah, and he steps out. I'm like. Okay, are you trying to like show us that it's still a play? Is that what this is? Yeah, because if it I think is, it's just kind of trying to reiterate the fact that this is a the screen is a movie, but yeah. like this is a play, and it doesn't really land. I think because the movie's so calculated in when you're in the first level of play, it's black and white. And when you're when you're within the second level, it's in color, and, and he came in in color. He came in in color, yeah. yeah. And so, and even it, the black and white eventually, like, would sometimes turn to color. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. 
It's okay. Tristan has a new tattoo, and Demi keeps on scraping it. <laughs> Let's put him down with this paw. Um, I I liked. I think it was a little overdone in the moment, but I did like the mantra toward the end. You know, there's a there's a thing in here that doesn't necessarily have a payoff. It's when Ed Norton is sitting in front of the writers' class, and he's talking about how all the characters in the, are in a dream. Yeah. But we never actually see that happen. I don't think we do anyway. It's very, I think it's very subtle. Yeah. I think it's there. I think it's, I think it's everybody going nuts Mm -hmm. after the alien comes the second time. Yeah. Well, and it also, I think that was a moment of like, these are the people I'm picking to be in my play because almost, almost the entire cast from Asteroid City are in that crowd. Yeah. Um. But I I did like the man the mantra of, um, you can't wake up if you don't go to sleep. I like that a lot. But the the chanting, and then Jeff Goldblum in the costume walking up with the asteroid, it was all a little too like too much. And I don't know what he could have done differently to make it a little more. Well, I just don't think it had enough impact to be that strong. Yeah, it's like. Like it, like if this was like an Inception type of movie where like there's this deep thing and rooted in there, yeah, and then it's being like chanted like, oh, this is like, this is, yeah, like this is diving deep into the whole entire story here, right? Then I think it would have been justified, but it didn't seem it didn't seem to me all that super deep, sure. And they like chanted it yeah. over and over and over. They like yeah. pressed it in. And it just didn't seem as grand or as important as what right. that scene made it out to be. Yeah. Just seemed like a cool mantra that you could have said once or yeah. twice. And then. Yeah. And like maybe even when they're in Asteroid City, somebody could have said, you know, maybe he, Tom Hanks says it to the kids or something like that. Um, but yeah. Uh, one thing I don't know that we got to pay off for. Uh, the the little realty selling the land through a pop machine. Um, I thought that was going to have a bigger consequence to it. And I guess he does come back and Steve Carell has this little monologue of like, you're not actually buying land, you're investing in the city kind of thing. Yeah, they just kept on going back to it. Yeah. And it just never felt like it was worth the time. Yeah. yeah. Like it should have just stayed with a bit. Yeah. Of like we're selling land via uh, a vending machine. Vending machine. Yeah. And like that's a cool bit. Yeah. And just like I got more satisfaction humorously out of you know Maya Hawk's character. We're talking about Maya Hawk's character a lot, and I think that's that's good because she did a good job. But they're gonna say the martini. Oh uh, no, not the martini machine, machine but the, I which that I was, did like. I yeah, thought that I thought was, that was sick. hilarious. <laughs> um, but the uh, Wait, where'd you get that martini? The machine, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, no, but the uh, uh, oh, Maya Hawk's character walks up to the Cowboys, and he says, "Dwight Tristan, that's his name." She shook her head. Yes, everybody. Um, <laughs> Could be watching this on YouTube. <laughs> he, she says something like, "You guys gave him a cigarette," and he's they're like, "He could have bought him from the vending machine for a quarter mm. or something like." Like, I got more 
more payoff from that line and humor from that line than I did from the the realty stuff. Yeah, I think if anything, the only second time we should have mentioned it is the fact when all of the people were like showing up, mm-hmm. like maybe somebody bought land yeah. out of the vending machine, and then they're like, "Oh man, I can already sell this land for five hundred dollars," right? Um, because people were popping up to see the alien again. And the aliens showed back up. Back and they, up. And they didn't make any note of yeah. the fact that all these other people saw this alien. Mm-hmm. But Yeah. No. I, um... No, man. I'm trying to think of other... Um, I... How oh, I remember you, what I was going to say earlier. How Sorry. far would you guys make it in the name game? Not far at all. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Let's try it right now. Okay. Um, Maya Hawk. Are we naming... Actors and actresses? I think it's just the name. Of anyone. Yeah. Oh, that mm. stupid... Okay. So I started with Maya Hawk. Um, Maya Hawk, John Wick. Maya Hawk, John Wick, uh, Sylvester Stallone. Maya Hawk, John Wick, Sylvester Stallone, Al Pacino. <laughs> Maya Hawk, John Wick, Sylvester Stallone, Al Pacino. <laughs> Maya Hawk. Wait, I didn't say oh, mine. Oh, God. <laughs> Robert Pattinson. Maya Hawk. John Wick. Sylvester Stallone. Uh, see, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't remember the second person you said. That's okay. Who was the second person I said? Uh, see, I, I, Was I, it John Wick? No, that was the first person. No, uh, Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Al Pacino. Al Pacino, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I got more so with the so in contrast to the you can't you can't wake up if you don't fall asleep thing, I got more satisfaction out of um Jason Schwartzman's character and Margot Robbie? Is that who that was? Yeah. 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 And Margot Robbie having their their conversation on the balconies. I got more out of that than I did that mantra scene yes because i think that was also that was after the mantra scene and i think it's supposed to be like what is the point of my character what is Mm -hmm. the point of all of this like how do i act to make this like to make this feel like a complete full movie to 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 wrap everything up and because you have to know your character and know it's it's purpose yeah to act it well yeah and I'm curious, I, I've been thinking about it. The, the title in the background, there's a title for a play across the street called Death of a Narcissist. Yeah, I and saw I'm that too. curious if that's supposed to be maybe Ed Norton's character or Jason Schwartzman's character. Edward Norton's character dies before it premieres. Right, but... Just playing into the fact that it says Death of a Narcissist. Death of a Narcissist, yeah. yeah. Maybe, but yeah, that's something interesting I was I've been thinking about, but... Anyway, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I liked it. It was a good time. I laughed a lot, which I haven't had a good laugh in movies in a while, I feel like. Just wait. Oh, do you guys want to talk a little bit about, maybe you guys can talk a little bit about No Hard Feelings and I can talk a little bit about The Flash? We can, I mean, let's uh, let's go ahead and rate this one out. Oh, sure, sure. And, yeah. 
Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I really want to say about no, you're, the you're movie fine. as a I, whole. Was, sorry, I'm, my brain's just going. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do ratings here. And if I've got something else I want to say, I'll say it for my ratings. Good. Uh, I have a four. Four out of five. Three. That is generous, Tristan. Thank you. I thought you'd be at a, at, at the max two and a half. <laughs> Fair. Um, But, no, I guess I don't have much more. Um, I think, I think four as well, because I have French Dispatch at four and a half. I think I have Grand Budapest at four and a half, maybe even five. Um, and yeah, I, I did have a lot of fun with this, but it does have, it does have its issues. Um, yes. It does make me feel better that the play stuff was weird for you guys too. Oh, okay. Yeah. You thought maybe you were alone on it. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we, we talked, we're text i don't know tweeted back and forth oh, with yeah. jeff and adam mm-hmm. and they both said the same thing yeah mm-hmm. um and that seems to be jo- josh and adam oh i thought jeff saw it too nope. um but josh and adam oh jeff did see it but josh was the one responding gotcha mm-hmm. i thought adam said jeff and i he did yeah, yeah. so jeff and i also thought the same thing oh i got sorry but then josh also responded on yeah. the thread <laughs> um but yes i i did still Think it was extremely well done and a lot of um and really funny. So yeah. um okay, Tristan and I can talk about uh no hard feelings real quick. Mm-hmm. Um Tristan, you love it, so go ahead. Yeah, I really like it. I thought it was funny. I thought it I have seen I had seen the trailer for it and it's the trailer almost made me not want to see it. Like it just the trailer just wasn't very appealing to me, but that like knowing the background of the trailer, does that make sense? It's j- the trailer just um I mean it it tells the plot which is a um an, a spinoff of something that's been in movies the last thirty years of someone daring betting getting paid to whatever to date someone. And and that's that all kind of started with Superbad, didn't it? No. Oh, sorry. Okay. Have you seen Superbad? <laughs> yeah. That's not Superbad at all. Well, I know, but d- sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll butt out. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's a it's a classic all the way back to I know a Walk to Remember was in 2001, I believe, and that's the most like not that's not comical. That's like serious rom com, and it's really good. Um, but I know that's been a trope. I feel like since the 80s, but uh, nonetheless, um, that's what the trailer gave off, and that, and it is. It's just a spinoff of that type, but they do play it very well to the 21st century. Yes, and it was good. It was funny. It was nice. It was good. Yep. You get to see Jennifer Lawrence fight three people completely naked the entire time. And they show everything. Wow. It's very weird, <laughs> to be honest. It is weird. Just someone completely naked just beating people up. I think that's the Isn't point, Isn't that what though? people say yes. about, like, when dudes fight dudes? It's like, if you're going to fight a dude, the first rule is to pull your pants down. Yeah. Or something like that. That's how the Greeks <laughs> used to do it. The Olympics Goodness. used to be full nude. Good gracious. Can't have anyway. anything. Can't have anything. <laughs> Messing up your aerodynamics. Messing up the naked people. That's what I do. (laughs) 
Okay. Hey, the audience needs to know. Well, do you guys recommend it? Um, it has a lot of language. Yeah. No. It, this is this is rated R. I mean, like I said, you like that nude scene is mm-hmm. like a minute long. Wow. Like, and it's really funny. It it like almost makes it out to be like a horror scene at first, which is really funny. Like it almost if you've seen Barbarian, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> that's what I felt that's at funny. the very beginning. The mother. Yeah. That's in Barbarian. She's fully naked and she's just like preying on people. Yeah. yeah. And the way she walks up and stuff, that's what I thought of when I first saw it. That yeah. so I thought it was really funny. Um but nonetheless, um No, it, it is really funny. I think the story in itself is extremely far fetched. It's not as grounded in reality as some of the others that do this style. But it just goes all out in this craziness. And it, I mean, it never tries, it, it just, it's fine because it never tries to it, be serious in it. Yeah. Like it's, it's meant to be outlandish and crazy from start to finish. And so I'm more inclined to be okay with it because it doesn't like, it doesn't ground itself in reality, then be outlandish and then go back to reality and, you know, it doesn't flip flop yeah. in its um, severity. It just stays crazy from start to finish. Um, and so, uh, for that reason, I'm in and I, I, I do recommend it, but no, it is. It it starts off with language and it has language throughout. It's got nudity throughout. Talk about sex a lot. Yeah. Talk a lot about sex. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, (laughs) yeah, there you go. I was about to say, there's no actual, like, there's not a whole lot of actual, like sex, sex scenes, but definitely plays around it. Quite a bit, um, yes. but then you have a, a full nude scene. So, <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Um, the Flash. Yeah. So I want to preface this whole what I'm about, I'm about to say. I I am a Zack Snyder trilogy fan. I love Man of Steel. I love Batman v Superman. I love the Zack Snyder Justice League. So go. I'm not. I'm not a cultist. But I do love those movies because I think Zack Snyder does a good job paying homage to the comic book iterations of Batman. And if you want to fight me on Twitter about whether Batman kills with guns or not, I'll fight you all day. Um, I found The Flash to be incredibly soulless and heartless. Um, the computer graphics in the movie are terrible, all basically from start to finish. If you've watched, I don't know if you've watched the trailer. I didn't see it, but Ezra Miller does play against himself. He plays a, another version of him from another reality, which they, I feel like they have a very not well thought out reason as to why he does that, especially toward the end. You do get a few surprise cameos. Um, you get a surprise Superman. If you're a deep cut kind of person in regards to Nick Cage, you get a good a Superman cameo. Um, you get a, a a Jay Garrick cameo, who's not really the actor that plays Jay Garrick, which is kind of interesting. Uh, and then I think, oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, Christopher Reeves, I think he is also in it briefly. Um, I really dig Ben Affleck's Batman, new Batman suit. Um, but I thought his exit to the DCEU was pretty poor. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm just ragging on it because I, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll give you a peek behind the curtain. I rated this a one out of five. I think that Ezra Miller 
they really just tried to make the DCEU like Marvel and it's jokey and it's a kind of not very tight storyline. And I know this is just me ranting, but uh, yeah, I don't recommend it. And I think it was quite frankly, kind of terrible. Yeah. Well, the DC DCEU has mm-hmm. been terrible since they tried to make it the DCEU. That mm-hmm. was the downfall of DC was them trying to be mm-hmm. Marvel. And instead of just when they exactly. when they do their own projects, Suicide Squad, that was their own thing. Well, and that's why I like Zack received very well. Why the I second like, time. That's yes. why I like Zack Snyder so much is because well, he had this mentality of there's a quote he said about like where Marvel does their own thing. The MCU has their own thing going for them. We are trying to make mythological creatures and how they would operate in our time and space. And I don't, and in that quote, even, I think he even says something like I was the only one talking like that at DC studios. Well, the, even with the Zack Snyder movies, they were still making all the movies to make it be more than just, Mm -hmm. they wanted to make a multi, they wanted to make a, a cinematic universe. Yes. Yeah. And and since they've gone every time they go away from that with Suicide Squad, mm-hmm. it was really fun. Was it the best movie ever? No, but it was a lot of fun. It was mm-hmm. great. James Gunn did great. And then you have the Batman, James or not James, uh, uh, Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves, yeah, um, that's a Christopher fantastic, um, great yeah. movie, very good. And it was just, it's just Batman. Yeah, it's just what it is. Yeah. Um, and then the last one being uh, Oh Joker. Yeah. Um, I know that was more split. Is Beautiful. that also Matt Reeves? No, no, I don't think so. No, that's Todd Phillips. Okay. Um, I just remember Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, another one that, like, I that one had a little bit more split reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, Shouldn't have. I agree. But there were a lot of people that were uh, down on it. Boo. <laughs> now, for, from what I understand, oh, and also, I part of the reason I was excited to go, so in... And, and part of the reason maybe my rating is so bad, because a lot of people I know and that I respect are rating this like three out of five. Um, I I went into this watching Batman 89 and then the Snyder trilogy leading into The Flash. Um, and I know people are saying that uh, Michael Keaton said that he had a good time and that he really enjoyed being Batman again. But compared to seeing him in Batman 89 to seeing him in The Flash, it looks so phoned in. It looks so like he was just there to collect a paycheck. And I haven't seen it yet. I'm sure I will. Um, But I know all of the glaring issues Mm -hmm. just from being online. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's really funny the fact that this movie is somehow getting a pass Mm -hmm. from all the fans for having awful CGI yeah. A absolutely deplorable lead actor. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. And why Warner Brothers? Warner Brothers is now two for two. They're keeping Amber Heard and they're keeping Ezra Miller. Yeah. And I don't understand. A- anyway, that's a whole other topic. No, it is. And I'm just <laughs> saying that it's just, it's really funny that somehow this is getting a pass from a bunch of people when it has awful CGI. And people shit on MCU for yeah. having... Awful the, the, and which is warranted. If I, you if you listen to our Wakanda Forever podcast, I remember specifically crapping on that CGI. This CGI is worse than that. 
Well, we've and, and even Ant Man, Quantumania. Oh yeah, yeah. There's oh, much. There's much yes. more recent. But the it point looks is, like an N sixty four video game. Yeah, is what it looks. And like. so I just don't understand how this movie is somehow just we're gonna overlook the. Uh, and this movie has been in post production for five years. Five years. I don't know if it's so exactly long. five years, but I th- it's it's close. They've held on to it for a long time. It was supposed to release, I think, in 2019 or 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so, therefore, it's been in post-production since way before then. Yeah. And they've had time to work on it, and they just still made it look like shit. So, I just, I, I haven't watched it, but I just know everything. I've, I've seen stuff, and I just don't understand why this is somehow getting the pass. Um, but I'll watch right. it, and then I can, I can either... Uh, um, pull back or (laughs) I can take back what I, what I've said today, or I will just, um, reiterate. Yeah. Reiterate or back what I've said. So figure it out. Okay. Well, there's, there's an extra (laughs) 10 minutes of content for you for the last week and a half of not having anything. Yeah. So last thing we did was transformers. We've been on vacation, man. We're doing stuff. We're seeing the ocean. We're in the ocean. We're getting burnt to a crisp yeah. is what we're really doing. <laughs> yep. The sun is evil. True that. And we got stung, too, so that's fun. <laughs> I didn't get stung. I thought you got some jellyfish stings. Oh. Yeah, yeah. you for sure said yeah. that you did. Nothing. I def- No, not stung the serious, but oh, okay. I also got stung. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, that's it for today's episode. Next week we are doing... Um, I can't. There's, Indiana Jones came out. Well, that came out this week. We should probably do that too. We'll figure it out. We'll see. Yeah, but whatever is happening or whatever we're doing next week, Insidious comes out this weekend. Um, make sure to come back to us for our Oppenheimer and Barbie. <gasps> Barbie. Uh, Barbie. double feature. Come on, Barbie. Let's, Let's go, go party. party. Which oh. is a line in the Flash, by the way. Great. The Flash says it to himself. <laughs> cool. Okay, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week for whatever the heck we're doing. And you guys have a good rest of your week. Goodbye, guys. That was so fun. Hey, moron! You talking to me? You talking to me? And there seems to be no sign of intelligent life anywhere. Hello? What an idiot! What do you expect? I'm the movie moron. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I've ever heard. Don't call me stupid. All right! To call you stupid would be an insult to stupid people! I've known sheep that could outwit you. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. (laughs) Man, you are one pathetic loser. (laughs) No offense. (laughs) No, none taken.